0: Welcome to Side Talks.
1: Podcast time.
0: Now, uh, before we get started, uh, an announcement. Side Talks is now a subsidiary of Amazon, which has (laughs) bought everything in the world. So, uh, we would love to uh, use this time to praise our new corporate overlords, Amazon.
1: Thank Uh, you, Amazon, for allowing us to live. Yes,
0: uh, they've never done anything wrong, and um, I know that I'm benefiting from their, their largesse right now.
1: Yeah. Um and I'm not sad at all about the complete loss of Hollywood. It was it was just a ghost, but I enjoyed living in an era when that ghost of Hollywood would occasionally swarm around and do things. And now it's just it's just, all an yeah. algorithm. Yep. that flies above us More so like now. a bird and shits on us.
0: <laughs> well, uh let's see what uh Amazon's uh, new foray into Hollywood with MGM um uh does in the future, but but shit is probably probably close
1: and i feel like they're you know i think they pretty much have warned me that if i say anything bad about courtney cox i'll take a finger
0: oh my god (laughs) well who are you um
1: Uh, yes Uh, my name is rachel amazon morgan i had to change that as well (laughs) it still left my initial they let me leave my initial it's rachel a so rachel amazon morgan and i'm i work for um the sidewalk film festival and cinema and amazon as we all do
0: yes and i'm Corey amazon craft um my initial was also A as well, so it worked out really nicely. I'm
1: glad, I'm glad that that happened for yeah, us. Yeah,
0: it's, it's great. Don't so have to change linings. my monograms.
1: Oh, Corey, guess what? What? We got a little new, new, new. Oh, man. Um, this is a new segment. Oh, maybe a one-off. I think it might be a one-off. A one-off? Okay, and it's called Show, Show and Tell. Okay. Show me that smile, Logan. Show me that smile. Don't waste a do you see where I'm going with this? Oh. It, it is it is indeed. That is the show and tell. Again. I really have no idea what's going on. <laughs> okay. For the
0: listener, this is you, a complete surprise to me.
1: You did notice one thing that I walked in here with today. Well,
0: how could I help? It was under your arm. Uh, you've walked in with a coffee table book. Oh, yes, um, I have. An enormous coffee table book, yes. I should say, uh, that is about Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen.
1: Show and tell that smile again. Okay, here we go. All right. Um. So this is, yes, indeed, a new, a new maybe one-off segment. And this book, this coffee table book I brought, show and tell, get it? I'm, I know that the uh, it's a little bit of a funny kind of segment for a podcast because sure. they can't see. But we're going to share some things with them. This coffee table book was given to me a few a couple months ago for my birthday by Lisa, uh-huh. who is our phone of frequent, friend Frequent, frequent guest, frequent Lisa. Guest. She knows me pretty well and knew that I would treasure this Mary-Kate... And uh, what Mary Kate and Ashley? Why, how could I forget that? Um, Olson book.
0: I just want to clarify for the listeners, too this is not full house era Mary Kate and Ashley. No. This is not the era for which they became famous. This is um, later in life fashionista Mary Kate oh, yes. and Ashley, um, that is the subject of this coffee table book. I would be surprised. Judging by how serious this thing looks, if there were any mention of Full House or like any of the little silly movies they made at all.
1: None. There are some baby photos of them, some Polaroids that look very cool, but I am going to go ahead and show you the page I told you I was going to wait to show you. And we want to hear your reaction. Are you ready? Yes.
0: (laughs) Is that Terry Richardson? (laughs) It's the Olsen twins posing with notorious fashion photographer Terry Richardson.
1: (laughs) Who looks like a sex offender. Piled between them, it's a Terry Richardson sandwich, if you will, um, and he's given the thumbs up sign and looking, making direct eye contact in a way that makes me feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, it makes
0: me feel uncomfortable too. Um, I'm going to
1: kick his ass after the podcast recording today. Okay. I can't stand you're on
0: guy. notice, Terry.
1: Um, okay, but more important than that, I just want to tell you that there are. This is book a, a book filled with bullshit, <laughs> as you, <laughs> you might don't imagine, say. and uh, there's a very large section dedicated to Lauren Hutton. Why I. Don't really know, other than they clearly like her a lot. Huh. Um, but it is not a Lauren Hutton coffee table book, and yet there's a good 20, 30 pages about her in the Olson twins coffee table book. So, yeah, strange little um, jaunt. But uh, there are some things I need you to know. Okay. I need you to know that I don't know if this one is Mary-Kate or Ashley. I don't really think it matters. Um, but I do want you to know that what is, what is there's a questionnaire. Oh. Um, what is your favorite color? Black. Sure. Okay, just so you know All that. Right. What is your favorite bird? Bald eagle.
0: Yeah, well, America.
1: Who are your favorite poets? Freud.
0: Freud's. What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just want you to know that. Um, who are your favorite composers? Brad, prick up your ears Eddie Vedder, Tom York, and Ben Harper.
0: But that's not what I would go with with composers, I, but okay.
1: Um. Okay, so I'm just going to skip through to the other one. Again, I don't know who I'm – it's not clear either. <laughs> the like, other one. There is a photo of them on the opposite page, but shocker, I don't know the I think Olsen's the assumption, one's enough to know the difference. So this is the other one.
0: The assumption is if you bought this book, you would recognize them by sight.
1: I guess so. This is the cute one. Um. What is your favorite – let's see. What is your favorite color? No, no. Let's start with what is your favorite flower? Moss. <laughs> and black magic roses. So um, that's another little detail I just thought you might want to know. Um, what is your favorite occupation? Being a full-time Gemini. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Oh, man. What is your favorite bird? Do you want to take a guess at this one's favorite bird? <laughs>
0: um let's go with the uh the ostrich
1: um peacock does come up later but on this because they've answered it multiple times Uh but in this particular case it is black crows and black ravens i guess
0: i should have guessed that based on the favorite color
1: yes indeed um oh man um who are your favorite prose writers since you do teach english
0: oh man kafka Kafka, yeah, of course. You're, you named the, the, your crow your favorite bird, and black is your favorite color, so it would follow that Kafka is your favorite prose writer.
1: Okay, you ready for this one? I don't know. What is it you most dislike? The media. <laughs> <laughs> but but do you? Do you? Um, and this, of course, what is your favorite color? Depends on my mood. Does black count? Question mark. Anyway, just, you know, some... um. Some things I thought you might want to learn about, some things you might want to know, some stuff to add to your knowledge base here about the Olsens. And so I thought this would be perhaps a new segment where we bring in, um, you know, learning tools, if you will. Um, notice in the back here that they have listed their favorite charities. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, all of which are, 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 as I'm sure you can, um, as, you know, assume. Um very well known.
0: <laughs> Great there's organizations. No, I'm no sure. There's no
1: small little thing back there. Um, anyway, that's all. That's really all I had to bring you.
0: Wow. Well, um, this was quite a um, a show and tell presentation, wasn't it? Wasn't it? I, I now have my knowledge of of the Olsen twins multiplied. I would say. I'm going to leave um, you with
1: one shocker. Okay. Who is your favorite hero of fiction? I don't know. You're never going to guess it. Christopher Guest. <laughs> Show me that smile, show me that smile. You're welcome.
0: Get ready for a five-minute fight.
1: Five-minute. Round one. Fight.
0: Fight. It's time for a five-minute fight.
1: Five-minute fight. Uh, About what?
0: We're fighting about Richard Linklater's film, Boyhood, from 2013 or 2014, Um, his long-in-the-making look at an individual boy's life from – uh well boyhood to young adulthood it follows this kid throughout I, I don't know 12 years of his life or something like that uh brad you might want to go ahead and start the timer because we are <laughs> going to get right into it i love this movie you don't you love really. i love so this, this isn't movie. just a
1: like like or strong yeah
0: this is this is a strong lo- feeling of love um and massive respect toward the the whole gambit uh, gotcha, that gotcha. that Linklater um, pulled off here, you know, filming a couple scenes a year for 12 years or so with a supporting cast that includes the Oscar winning Patricia Arquette as as the mom and uh, Oscar nominee Ethan Hawke as the dad. And just to right. pull this together into something um, that I, I found really profound um, and really moving um, is, is quite an achievement. Um, but I okay. guess you don't feel similarly –
1: I don't. I don't. Now I, I'll go ahead and get this out of the way. Is it a great feat? Yes. Is it a? Is it a following in the footsteps of Truffaut, which I appreciate and uh, and really sort of instead of instead of looking at a character over a, ver- a number of films over the years to really kind of go back every year and shoot some scenes and put it together. Great. Um, it is. This film is built to be heralded for that reason. Mm-hmm. It is a lovely experiment. It is not a good film Hmm. um i i have so many issues with it most of them resign in the fact that this thing feels scriptless which makes sense to the process at the same time it doesn't have to and i it's i get that the whole deal is like okay this is sort of like a bit of a a look at the average the normal the the day-to-day the the you know um oh i don't know the the sort of ordinariness of it all yes. in some ways and it's just it's dull, it dull it's dull and it, f- it feel it falls flat for me I, it's a shame too that you have these actors and and coming together every year to do this and yet you don't use them to the extent that they could be used for and actually put a put a decent script on this thing and um and the other issue i have with this is that I hate to say this because I like Patricia Arquette a lot, but her performance in this at times is very, very weak, and I think it has to do with the process.
0: Whoa. Wildly disagree. I think there she's wonderful. There are some wonderful. good
1: moments, but there are some really – there are some moments where I'm actually watching – I feel like I'm watching acting.
0: Uh, no, I don't agree with that. I, okay. I, I think she's great. Um, like unreservedly great in this movie. Um, I I think Hawk is great too. You, you're right that this is by design kind of a humble look at – suburban normalcy right but but the idea is i guess that the accumulation of even these quotidian details of this sort of normal life gains an emotional potency when you get to the end of the movie and spoiler alert our titular boy is now a man he's gone right. off to college right. um, he's about to start a completely new chapter of his life um a, you know away from all of these little things and, and and the people and the members of his family who have sort of um, formed him and and the really thing the really special thing about this movie is that we have seen over the course of this quite long movie it 's about three hours long yes, we've it seen is. this boy uh, we've seen these forces form him we 've seen him become you know a a fully formed person the scriptlessness that you talk about i think is is kind of a byproduct of just trying to like sit back and and observe and watch all of this happen right to yeah. not impose the the sort of framework of a plot on this and just let you know life speak for itself and and for me you know in that classic linklater way where you know he's really good at this right he's really good at just letting the moment speak for itself Um, and not imposing, you know, a plot on it. Uh, For me, you know, this is one of his crowning achievements as as far as that style goes. But, you know, I understand the argument that there's not there's not a lot of propulsion here other than, you know, it just feels like time is, is passing. And that's, yeah. that's really what the movie does.
1: It's not as good or as sentimental as it thinks it is. Mm. And, of course, the sentimentality is rammed on our throat just by the nature of what you're seeing happen, which is, yes, a young man growing up. Um, I just – it's not remarkable. This film is not remarkable aside from the span of time that it covers. It, it is – this film, nobody would talk about this film if it hadn't covered – the sort of experimental time frame that it covered in its production, and I, I just that has to be acknowledged. And I just think that the the gimmick here is is what draws people to it. And I think part of what people love, and and it doesn't freaking work. It's not achieving something like the longevity of a film like. And this is this is nonfiction work, right? Which this sort of thing tends to to work for. This is not Hoop Dreams. This is not American Promise. This is not a film that. You know, is spanning a particular amount of time, and we're watching people's lives grow and change. You know, or the the Seven Up series, anything like that. It's not doing anything near what this does, and yet it has, Letter has an ability to control the the narrative here. It's just there are other things we can compare it to, and it's a failure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, there's that whole weird white savior thing that comes up. This sort of like you changed my life. I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. It's like you shouldn't have gone there
0: yeah but that moment is of a thematic piece of like the idea of these little moments accumulating over the years and really turning into something. I mean, I get what he's going for there. I understand that the argument
1: that I that's guess. that's clever you know what um link letter focus a little less on the trivial and more on writing a script sam Damn. sorry for sorry for going over there, but it's a three hour film that took ten years to. You know, how many years? Twelve?
0: Ten or twelve. I don't remember. Ten or twelve. So it's great. It's a great movie. I think
1: it was twelve? I don't know. Yeah. I think uh, you're right, Sam. I think you actually said that quarter twelve. don't yeah. Yeah. Whatever.
0: All right. So I'm gonna say, um, first of all, like everyone grew up, everyone had a childhood. Like why would we want to live through that again? Um, <laughs> of course Ethan Hawke is the dad, he just never leaves a Link Later movie set ever. Um <laughs> Dad and I, vibes. I'm completely on Rachel's side here. It's oh sentimental God. by its gimmick alone. Um, and it is a gimmick. Um, so I'm going to say Corey gets zero points, but yeah. you didn't lose any. You didn't go oh. negative, though, here. So, But Rachel gets a million points for just so adequately describing Boyhood as a lovely experiment, just not a good film. You I sons won. of bitches. You sons of bitches. I, I know I didn't come, like, with any heat with this, but...
1: You didn't think you needed to because everybody loves this film. This is, like, what, 96% fresh?
0: <laughs> it's so good, too. Ugh. Mm wrong. Just wrong.
1: Who wants to go watch Boyhood tonight? No one. God.
0: Now I might. Got that Criterion Blu-ray. Just pop that motherfucker in.
1: Alright, let's go! Big, big bucks! Today's my day! Let's go! I'm scared
0: lightning, um, as the band live once said, <laughs> oh, it, crashes. It, it crashes. So, um, uh, with oh, that,
1: Brad, please don't put that song <laughs> in here. Okay, uh,
0: that's a, that's a karaoke jam of mine, by the way. Um, you'll never hear it uh, on this podcast. Oof. Uh, it's the filmmaker lightning round. Um, we are here today to talk about the filmography. Of one of the most famous and beloved contemporary movie stars,
1: yeah,
0: um, Denzel Washington. Indeed. Mr. Denzel Washington, who has had kind of an unparalleled run yeah. um, since, I don't know, the late 80s, and he's really just been kind of one of the most dependable movie star presences we've got. I think he's great. I think he's made a lot of great movies. He's also made a lot of bad movies.
1: Ooh. we have to
0: acknowledge that we
1: have to that's a long imdb page denzel does not have
0: the golden touch i think i think it's fair to say that denzel is always watchable in the movies that he makes he's his instincts as an actor are really strong of course he's one of the best actors we've got but that doesn't mean he's made nothing but good movies because some of these movies are garbage
1: Yeah, say no a little more often please
0: yeah once or twice or just work with like you know better people
1: yeah let's um, let's get into it okay
0: um so what is a denzel washington movie you love
1: well let me let me kind of start out by saying when when we decided that this was going to be the focus of our lightning round i was i have don't think i've spent much time on denzel's um imdb page and so i was surprised i was surprised at how many films i have not seen on that on that list um but also just the the sheer volume of films that he's been in is just amazing um, and so, you know, I going down the list. I have to say, um, not a lot of, of stuff there that I am super drawn towards. Mm. Though I agree with you that I think he's a great actor. Uh, I wish he was in better stuff. It, also, he has a couple of director credits too. He I does. Um, but uh, I'll have to just go with one that you probably could guess, and that is Malcolm X.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was um, that came up on one of my recent entries in the top 200 movies of all time. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, So it's not the movie I was going to mention. The movie I was going to mention is another Spike Lee movie because his collaborations with Spike Lee are are really you know important to contemporary cinema, um, and they bring out the best in one another. The movie I was going to mention is He Got Game, yeah, um, which is a wonderful, wonderful movie, and he's wonderful in it. He's wonderful in both of these though. Malcolm X and He Got Game are Two of his top five best performances, I would say. Um, Malcolm X, probably his best performance yeah. ever. Um, so you really can't go wrong when he teams up with with Spike Lee. Yeah, for sure. Uh, do you have a Denzel Washington movie that you like more than most people or your lack of familiarity? Did that get in the way?
1: Uh, I'm going to say this, um, and this is going to be by proxy. Okay. I'm going to throw it out there and say The Preacher's Wife. Okay. Because it is my, strangely, it is my girlfriend's favorite holiday film.
0: Well, that's okay. I mean, you got Whitney in there.
1: Oh yeah. You got, you have, and you have Whitney. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that. I don't know that that film gets a lot of love. I know that she gets made fun of a lot for that being like a favorite on her list.
0: Nah. Um, and nah. so,
1: but I'm going to, I'm going to sort of sit back and say, you know, the preacher's Life, Sure. by proxy.
0: Sure. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that choice. Personally, I mean, you, wouldn't, you
1: wouldn't.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay, so the one that I like more than most people is really dumb and silly, but I'm going to mention it anyway. It's a movie called The Book of Eli from 2010. Oh, wow. It's a post-apocalyptic semi-samurai movie where... Denzel Washington essentially plays a character inspired by zadoichi from, from the Japanese films. He uh-huh. is a blind um, survivalist who lives in this post-apocalyptic wasteland, who rolls into town like this sort of Old West slash, you know, Japanese- town, uh, run by Gary Oldman, and they run afoul of one another, and this thing is directed by the Hughes brothers, uh, directors of Menace to Society. Um, it, It looks insane. Yep. It's got every single color filter known to <laughs> man over the image, but there is something about this genre, like this almost anime style genre mashup with someone with the gravitas of Denzel Washington at the center of it that I really enjoy. Is this, you know, a profoundly stupid movie? Yeah. Right. But but I think it is that way, you know, to be uh, I mean, it's it's a fun sci-fi movie. What do you want? Um, so what is
1: what do you want, people?
0: What do you want? So um, for that reason, I, I do I, I do like this movie, which means I probably like it more than most people. Yeah, given that I like it at all. Okay. So, what is a movie with Denzel that you don't like as much Ooh, as most people? That
1: is a long, long list. Ooh, I am sure I am of it. I'm curious
0: to hear some um, of them. I
1: mean, I could kind of go down and say, like, Remember the Titans or Crimson Tide. I feel like people probably like those Crimson films.
0: Tide kicks ass. I yeah, somehow I like made it. it through a late 90s, early 2000s childhood never having seen Remember the Titans. I've still never seen oh, it.
1: Oh, wow. Well, remember to see it. Um, and then I might even go a step further and and shake some people uh, up right now and say, I don't really like fences.
0: Um,
1: fences, People like that. though, right? Yeah.
0: Fences was a best picture nominee. He yeah. directed it. He, he stars in it. Um, it is a, it is a solidly good movie with great performances. I don't know if he should have directed it.
1: Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I, I, I don't, don't think it's a great movie. I take no issue with the performances necessarily, but yeah, I don't like the film.
0: Hmm. Well, I've got two – I don't know if there's Sacred Cows on my list of movies I don't like as much as most people. Um, he got an Oscar nomination for the movie Flight. Um, I think Flight is terrible. Yeah. I think it's a terrible movie. Haven't seen it. He's he's good in it because he's Denzel yeah. Washington.
1: I mean, I don't – nothing I'm listing do I think he's bad in. Right. That's the thing. Like, I, I,
0: I I don't know if I can think of a bad Denzel Washington performance off the top right. of my head. It's the
1: freaking material.
0: Right. Um, Flight is bad, Um, and another movie that was kind of an Oscar player that didn't get as much traction as it should have, or as uh, people expected it to get, also because it's bad. um, Ridley Scott's American Gangster. Did you ever see that? Yeah, it's not a good movie.
1: I have seen it. It has its moments. Yeah, it has its moments, but all in all, it's it's a.
0: I really found it kind of of a a snooze. It's a bit of a mess. Yeah. Um, So those are the two I don't like as much. Yeah. Um, I I do like a lot of his other more popcorny movies, you know his collaborations with Tony Scott, for instance. So, very few of those would be uh, eligible. And then like one that nobody likes, the Taking of Pelham One Two Three remake. Like, well, nobody yeah. likes that. Nobody I think it's a terrible it, yeah. movie too. But, you know. All right. So the final question here is a movie that you feel like you need to rewatch, or I suppose in your case, watch for the first time.
1: Well, I'm going with rewatch. I was sticking with the actual, you know, with the legit question sure. there, and I'm going to say this is a uh, Pandora's box. I'm about to mention, Uh-oh. and I need to rewatch it because I should be number one. I should be familiar. Number two, I am haven't rewatched it because I'm worried of cringing <laughs> too much, and that is, of course, Philadelphia.
0: Mm, okay. I've never seen Philadelphia. Okay. I my understanding is that Philadelphia has aged pretty well. But really. Um, yeah. Because
1: I have that's what I have heard the opposite.
0: The opposite. Okay. And
1: I mean I think part of the issue here is having, you know, outwardly straight people play gay characters. Sure. And I, I don't want to get into that argument of whether or not that's something that should or shouldn't happen, blah 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 blah. But certainly at this in this era right. that would have been, you know, that just would have been the way it goes y'all. Yeah. Uh, but because of that, it it's always struck me as being a little off the mark, so to speak. I don't know. Um, all the reasons why I need to go back and watch it again. Right.
0: Yeah. I, I you know, I, I really want to see it um, because Jonathan Demme is yes. one of my favorite right. directors. Right. Um, and, you know, we'll see how it plays. Yeah. Um, the movie that I want to rewatch is his uh, Oscar winning performance in Training Day. Um, Because I haven't seen that in more than 15 years and I remember having fun with it. I mean, that's another Ethan Hawke movie, Um, uh, you know, David Ayer writing that screenplay. You've got Antoine Fuqua behind the camera. It's gritty. It's an L.A. crime movie. I should I should give that another look. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's Denzel Washington. Uh, Great actor. Any movies of his that we didn't mention that you want to shout out?
1: No. Well he's is,
0: he is here's the shout out that I want to give it, and it's probably something I've mentioned uh on the podcast before. This year he's starring as Macbeth in a new film adaptation of Macbeth, directed by Joel Cohen, starring Frances McDormand as Lady Macbeth, and I want that injected into my veins. And
1: that's gonna be interesting.
0: Oh, I'm so excited for it. So Well, there um, we go.
1: That's one we can mention that we're looking forward
0: looking, to. Looking so much looking forward to The Tragedy of Macbeth coming out later this year from A24 and Apple TV because, again, our corporate overlords, I don't know, they got to get a piece of that that Macbeth pie.
1: Oh, A24. You had to to get in bed with the Apple.
0: That's uh, Denzel Washington, and that is the Filmmaker Lightning Round. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Side Talks.
1: We are your own personal cinematic MGM and Amazon.
0: <laughs>
1: Gross. Uh, yeah, thanks, Bat Wall Studios. Though, hey, uh, Brad, have you guys been bought by Amazon yet? Because it feels really good when you get bought by Amazon. Okay, well,
0: it's the last remaining independently owned I can't business in America. It. Congratulations it. for we holding have, out.
1: We have nothing but good things to say about being bought by Amazon.
0: That's right. That's right. Um, visit us uh, online at SidewalkFest.com.
1: Or at Amazon. Amazon.com slash
0: sidewalk. No, that's not true. Uh, this is all a joke.
1: We'll actually be, um, you know, when you return stuff to Amazon, they're actually having us stand at the lockers and help people oh in God. Whole Foods. Well, hey. <laughs> it's um, all part of being bought by Amazon. It, yeah,
0: it's a pivot. It's a pivot in the way that Sidewalk <laughs> does business. You can also find us on social media at Sidewalk Film on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram where um, you can see a lot of information about what's going on at the cinema uh, and the upcoming Sidewalk Film Festival presented by Amazon. Uh, that's probably not a good yeah, joke. There, and- there's probably an actual presenting sponsor uh, whose toes I don't want to step on.
1: Yeah, and uh, these these microphones we are talking into these sure microphones. You can Buy them at amazon.com. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.